Let's go to the word of the Lord, shall we? We are celebrating the great independence of this nation. And uh, I wanted to give a really upbeat message on apple pie and baseball and God bless America. The Spirit would not allow me to do that uh, because I believe we're in grave times. And, and I want to speak to this nation, but I want to speak of a, a hope that uh, uh, and what I believe is, is the plan of God for this nation that we need to get behind and rally. And uh, it's good to, to rejoice in what we have in this nation, but we've got to get serious in prayer for this nation. Would you agree? Amen. Amen. So what we need to establish for this nation is the foundation of God's throne. This is the only help we're going to have to make things work right. Psalm 103 Verse 9 says this, The Lord has established His throne in the heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. How many of you know that? That the Lord's throne is established from eternity, from beginning to end. Nothing will shift. Nothing will change. His word is established. His throne is established. And He rules over all the earth, even though man has fallen and separated from God and is in fact rebellion with the Lord. But what Christ has done as He has reconciled this falling creation back to God, and we are in the season now when God is calling all nations back to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said it in Acts 17, He has called all men everywhere to repent. So all nations must come to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how many of you know that God doesn't have a favorite nation? I know you all love America, but God is, doesn't have a special place for America apart from China, apart from Ecuador, apart from uh, Australia, apart from all the nations. Christ died for all the nations. He was only in covenant with one nation, that is Israel. And God's got something to do and finish up with that nation. But all other countries are Gentile nations that must come under the authority of God. Every nation is in rebellion against God. And God wants them to come under the authority of his throne. And so God has a plan. And that plan is to bring America to a place of receiving Christ's authority. I believe that America is bankrupt. I believe that we are, number one, financially bankrupt. We have a facade of an economic system that will collapse soon. Um, we're printing more money than, than we have a standard for. We're in more debt than we are, and it's completely bankrupt, but yet we still keep spending and enjoying our cost of living that we have. We are politically bankrupt. There is no middle ground. The, 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 the sides in the political spectrum are so far separated, they will not come together. And so we are bankrupt in trying to bring a political rule to this nation. We are medically bankrupt. Our ethics system for what saves lives and kills lives is horrendous. Thank God for the Roe v. Wade uh, reversal. It's a miracle of God. I believe it's the beginning of what God wants to do and what God wants to prove, but it is only going to create another firestorm. We've got to get ready for this. We are morally bankrupt. If you're not aware of that, you've drunk too much Kool-Aid. We are morally, morally bankrupt, and we have become accustomed 
to the level of perverseness in this nation that is absolutely bankrupt. We are bankrupt concerning what is true. Truth is now relative to your truth, my truth. We can all have a truth that doesn't add up to anything. Let's try and do our finances with that same kind of addition. Two plus two is whatever you want it to be. Tell the tax man that. And our biblical faith is bankrupt. Our churches are falling one by one to trying to get more people into their big room than they are saving souls into heaven. And so we are in a place that is bankrupt, and I am telling you that there is nothing that man can do to restore this nation. It is beyond any ability anyone in this room or anyone else has in our ability. It's gone. It's bankrupt. The United States is a pagan and rebellious nation. The church still wants a comfortable answer. We want revival. We say that's the only thing that's going to solve this problem. Bring revival, God. Isn't that the easy answer? Let's all just meet for another half hour and pray for revival. It's not going to be that easy. You can't keep freedom and can't keep a nation under the authority of God without blood, sweat, and tears and hard work. It's going to take more than just another prayer meeting. There's no reform or revival that can be accomplished without this key element. And this is what I believe God wants to do. This is our only hope. Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. These two elements are the only essential pillars of the foundation of God's authority. Righteousness and justice. Another word for justice is God's judgment. We need to pray for God to judge America. Are you serious? Yes, I am. I am absolutely serious. The worst thing that could ever happen is that God would turn us over to a reprobate mind and not judge us. Because if we didn't have the judgment of God, we wouldn't know what true justice is. We wouldn't know what morality is. We wouldn't know what truth is. And we wouldn't know how to turn back to God if he simply left us to our own devices. The place for the church right now is to cry out for the justice of God and the judgment of God upon this nation to manifest what is right and what is true so that it can be revealed and seen. But none of us want that because that seems so harsh. I don't want to be judged by God. It's called discipline. It's called correction. It was done throughout Israel's history over and over and over again. He disciplines those whom he what? Loves. A good father will bring judgment and justice into a situation where it has gone too far to an extreme and we can't correct it. He needs to correct it. And he needs to bring righteousness and judgment into the pillars of his authority in this land once again. For there to be a true manifestation of the Lord's presence, there must be a foundation of righteousness and justice upon which his seat of authority is established. I'm going to say that again. There has to be a true manifestation of the Lord's presence for that to happen. There must be a foundation of righteousness and justice upon which his seat of authority is established. His throne sits on righteousness and justice. And so he's got no seat in America. 
His authority has no throne. Are you getting it? So he must bring judgment, which will bring justice. And he must bring righteousness so that he may sit once again in authority over this nation. Because he is not enthroned in this land. Self-centeredness is enthroned. Self-indulgence is enthroned in this land. And so we must pray for God to establish his throne. And the pillars and foundation of his throne is righteousness and judgment. Let's take a look at what these are. What does judgment teach us? Judgment teaches us justice. Without God's judgment, we don't have what is true. We won't understand the scales and the weights of right and wrong without clarity. We need a transformational, transcendent truth. Because right now, your truth, my truth, it's all completely ambiguous. And that is not truth. Those are opinions. We are, in fact, contradicting what is obvious in nature. But we're blinding ourselves to what is true. God needs to bring judgment so that we can discern what is true. We wouldn't have a qualified opinion about anything if we didn't know what God said is right and wrong. We end up with relatively and only moral ground to stand on. And this republic will fall into what is popular opinion, which is being run by media which is brainwashing us all. We need to discern the Lord's justice. But let's remember His justice is right. It is not cruel and punishing. It's full of loving kindness. In fact, He proved it at the cross that His judgment against sin is effective and powerful, yet it is for our benefit that we would be saved. Some would rather choose to remain in sin. That is your choice. But be free. Come to the cross of Jesus. That's why we have to, in order for God's righteous throne and the pillar of justice to be exemplified, we have to speak what is true. The church is called the pillar of truth in the earth. That is the pillar in which his throne sits on. We have to declare it. Some of us go, oh, why would we argue? Why are you arguing about all these points? I'm not arguing about the points. I'm proclaiming what is true. I must proclaim what is true because that's where the authority of Christ sits. But do we have to debate every issue? Do we have to discuss? Can't we let some things go? I love what Martin Luther said. Let me read this to you carefully. If I profess with loudest voice and clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God except that little point which the world and the devil are at the moment attacking, I am not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christ. Where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved. And to be steady on all the battlefields besides is merely fight and disgrace if he flinches at that point. It may be a small thing concerning the justice of God, but if we give up that small battle, we're not preaching the whole gospel. Many of us are waiting for the bigger battles. There are no bigger battles. They're all the battle for truth. 
depending on who you're with and what you're talking. It's the way that we present justice and judgment. It's the way that we care and carry ourselves to tell others what is the throne of God, his justice and his righteousness. If you give up just a little, the enemy will take every inch before you're backed into a corner. But remember, there is a balance to the pillars of God's judgment. There is righteousness. Justice teaches us what is true and right, but righteousness tells us the nature of God. He is good and merciful and correct. There is no shadow of turning in Him. There is no evil. There is no wrong motive. He is pure in His goodness. All judgment and all dictates of the Word of God are not to oppress, but to in fact bring freedom and to bring the wholeness of what we were meant to be in right relation with God, in righteousness. We're to preach justice in righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. This nation is in reproach with God. So righteousness must be exalted once again. Who will display such righteousness? There's only one group of people on this planet who hold the pillars of God's throne. Justice and righteousness is within the church. And so we must display righteousness And so we might have to bring judgment and discernment to situations, but we must do it with a righteous attitude. Jesus said this in John 7, 24, Do not judge by appearance, but judge with right judgment. Right judgment. You know, I I listen, I don't know about you guys, I I listen to different speakers and YouTubes and, and all sorts of collective of opinions and sides from public radio to, to Christian radio to conservative radio to liberal radio. I'm trying to get a whole field of all that's going on. And one thing that's consistent on both sides is their offense to each other. It's one thing to show where someone is incorrect and wrong, but then to denigrate them and call them names is not righteous judgment. Some of you need to look at your Facebook page again. Some of you need to reconsider how you say things. You think that you're so morally right based on the Word of God, and you may well present it, but the attitude in which you present it is unchristlike. That's not righteous judgment. That's not going to win someone. To say that this is a sin and you're an idiot doesn't work. It's an offense to the righteousness of God. Could you imagine Jesus calm all of you who are weary and heavy laden because you're a bunch of idiots. Come, have rest. That doesn't match up to the love and the righteousness of God. Jesus died for the same people that we're in an argument with. They're blind. They're deaf. They're dumb. They're trying to figure their way out and they need the justice and judgment of God, but they need it in a right way presented in righteousness. We may not win them to Christ, but we still have to represent the love of the Father. We must preserve the righteousness of God. Lastly, 
He says this about the pillars of his throne and his authority. They are justice and righteousness. And he says, here it is, steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Wow. I mean, we talked about praying God's judgment on this nation. Some of us are like, yeah. <laughs> no. The judgment and justice of God has one purpose. A steadfast love of saving the lost for Jesus Christ. A faithfulness that Christ died for all men and women that they may come to the knowledge of Christ. A love that burdens our Savior for those who curse Him and speak against Him. Christ died for them and He's praying, will someone in my church intercede for that soul? Because we were that person once before. Steadfast love, there it is, that Hebrew word has said, that compound word that we don't have an English word for. It is a deep, devoted, covenantal love, a committed love. God's pillar is judgment, justice, righteousness, based on an unrelenting love for mankind. He loves us. He loves this nation. He loves every nation. He loves every people group. He proved it at the cross. It's not us versus them. It's us versus the devil who has rounded and blinded up so many people bound in darkness. But the steadfast love is greater than anything that has ever been known on planet earth. It's a love that was demonstrated through Christ Jesus. He says that steadfast love and faithfulness go before his throne. Let me ask you one question. Who is standing before the throne of God right now? Jesus. Interceding day and night. There is the throne of God. The steadfast love of God manifest in flesh and came to save mankind. The manifest love of God. Moses gave us the law, but Christ came to give us grace and truth. The steadfast, faithful love of God of God. So when I'm saying let's pray for the judgment of God, I'm praying for God to reveal what is truth, what is just with faithful love and faithful caring in righteous, righteous efforts. That's where we must position ourselves, church. That's what we must do. And so I give you a warning this morning. As Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost to the Jews that were in that city and he proclaimed to them, save yourselves from this crooked generation. I say it to this nation of America. May America save itself from this crooked generation. I say it to us as a people and as individuals. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. God is revealing his justice in your life. He's revealing his righteousness. I would pray that you are not caught up in this culture. Oh, pastor, it's not as bad as you think. Wake up to the word of God. Walk in righteousness. Save yourselves from a crooked generation. But do it under the authority of God's justice and righteousness his steadfast love and faithfulness. Don't throw anyone under the bus. Don't discard any person, even the most vile. Christ 
died for them. Pray for their souls. Pray for God to bring faithfulness into their minds and hearts that they would know God is just and true. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne, O God. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. How many of you know this is the remedy for this nation? Would you pray this prayer, this psalm for this nation? And would you pray daily that God's justice and God's righteousness would once again be the pillars that He sits upon in this land? Bow your heads with me. Father God, we pray for America. We pray, O oh God, that your justice will be portrayed once again, that it will be clearly understood, Lord God, despite it being drowned out by the media and drowned out by so many voices. God, only you can let justice rain down from heaven and righteousness roll down like rivers. Bring it, Lord God. Bring your throne of authority here. And we will walk in steadfast love and faithfulness to care for the lost and to bring them in to your church and your body. Use us, God, as a people who will be righteous in our judgment and loving in our outreach. I pray for that now in Jesus' mighty name.